0: Dr. Billy, this is one of my favourite part two episodes that we've ever done. We go rapid fire with a bunch of questions for episode 61, (laughs) Reflective on Becoming a Parent. What are people going to learn this week, Billy?
1: Yeah, I think the best thing about this whole episode is just what people have shared. We've had, yeah, just as you'll hear, so many amazing insights about why people have become parents, how they feel about it, the worries they have, the concerns, Um, some really great advice from some other professionals um, and we have our first audio question.
0: The audio question is sensational. And I've now got to go off and Google a few of the uh, words in there. <laughs> Articulate Tom, I'm going to call him. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. Guys, we love the audio questions. We love all the other questions. There's actually dozens of questions we do in rapid quickfire this week. So hopefully you get your answers. Um, please make sure uh, you follow us on social media at Pop Culture Parenting. Uh, but also, it's always great if you leave a little review, a little five star. Five star would be great. A little written review on Apple would be cool too. Um, but enjoy the episode, guys, and we'll see you again soon. Hi, I'm
1: Billy, a developmental paediatrician, and I'm Nick, a developing parent. We're going to use scenes from iconic movies to talk about how we best support our kids.
0: This is Pop Culture Parenting. Hey, don't let your mother smell that beer on your breath, she'll take it out on me.
1: Daddy, what does it do? Just use your best judgment, we trust you.
0: Good morning, Dr. Billy Garvey. How are you? I'm good, Nick. Good morning to you too. I just started down the barrel this week. <laughs> which doesn't matter because we don't really show the episode, but in case it ever is... Started down the barrel this week.
1: I know. It's a lot of me staring blankly at you. and <laughs> need to get better looking at the camera. It's How usually are you? on the trailer, I remember. Good, good. Really yep. good. Really excited for this. It's yeah. been um, amazing getting people's questions and feedback about this episode. I was actually, I thought it wasn't going to really land, to be honest, because I thought it's not the heavy stuff, it's not the clinical stuff, but no. people seem to have really enjoyed it. So. Yeah.
0: It was more of a discussion style, and this mm. is part two of that discussion style, Billy. This is episode 61 and it is part two to becoming a parent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, and it is. It's its been really nice and we're going to have a bit of a different format for a follow-up ep this yep. time, aren't we? Yeah, I love
0: just this one. Just because of
1: how much. We keep saying this is the most we've ever had. We've got to stop saying because it's really just seeing such growth. I guess when it's not, it might mean
0: that we're on the dip. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some more quick? We've got, we got three text messages this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a start, mate. <laughs> one them one up. wasn't a question. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's really
1: rude. <laughs> so no, it's great. But yeah, how how have you found it in terms of kind of what's come through? Like thinking about you know, obviously mm-hmm. you are a parent, but mm. have you found it helpful?
0: Yeah, I found it helpful. I've actually found it probably one of the more involved episodes, or one of the more episodes that I can actually provide feedback on, because um, it's a lot of it about becoming a parent, and I've I've already become a parent. So, and there's probably not, a, I'm not sure how much clinical work there is done around sort of, you know, pre, pre-child. pre Do you know what I mean? So, you're yeah. you're the behavioral pediatrician. So, once the baby's born, there's a lot of, obviously, you guys all kicking into gear and particularly, and we get a great question from our midwife this week. Yes. I'll, I love the midwives because they're like that first four-day specialist. I find it amazing. They're so amazing as part of that sort of, and beyond that, but particularly those totally, first four know. days, they're like... <laughs> so much knowledge about what actually happened. them so oh
1: yeah because it's a terrifying moment you're oh just like god what does this mean you yeah know? terrible
0: and yeah it's until you terrible.
1: felt it but yeah well it's just no but terrifying because <laughs> you're just like there's this little baby that's dependent on me now? yeah
0: and so i just think that um yeah it was nice to get questions from people that aren't parents yet which is what a lot of questions we got this week and it was actually really nice to hear that people listening to this podcast that aren't parents yet Yes. So that was really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was always amazed and um, very grateful for those people because, yeah, yeah, they will potentially become parents. They will have influence on other kids in the community's lives. We always have to shout out to people that are trying or who haven't been able to have a child because – we really appreciate that they're a part of our community as well, because that can be a hardship. Um, and yeah, and especially we're going to hear lots of stuff from lots of people this time. But I, some of the best parents I've ever met in clinic are the ones that weren't planning on having a child. So yeah, got one of those. Uh, yes, awesome. There's, there's certainly no kind of worrying if you know it wasn't planned and you didn't sit down and get the whiteboard out and map it all out. Yeah. So, um, don't worry if you're in that situation.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little bit in that situation, but not the whole in. It's well, yes, we're getting asked about anyway. that. So We'll, so, we'll cover that off. Uh, yes, <laughs> we're here now, Billy. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah.
1: So yeah, let's kick the poll off.
0: Yeah. So polls. Um, so in the Instagram polls this week, Billy, and if you haven't followed us, please go over to Pop Culture Parenting um, or one word on Instagram and give us a follow. You'll be able to answer the questions each week. I'm staring down the barrel. I don't know why. Fifty-seven <laughs> <That's> um, percent <great. laughs> of people felt ready to become a parent, which means forty-three percent of people didn't feel ready to become a parent. Did you feel ready? I thought so. Mm. Yeah. I felt ready. Yeah. And
1: was that correct, that feeling when a <laughs> baby came along? Um,
0: yeah. I get into this in the questions a little bit later, but I felt, um, frankly, I sort of had my, I had my shit together and yeah. that's what made me feel ready. And that's what I kind of my reflection was on all of this, that I felt ready because I, I, I didn't in my early 30s and I had my kids late, so... I felt Mm. like I had my sort of self together a bit. Yeah. That was a big part. Yeah,
1: without going too deeply into it before we even started the questions. I thought I was and then I reckon at about the kind of two-month mark where I was doing like just hours of laps of the house stepping around, I was like... I don't think I'm going to get time with my partner again. Like, this is going to dominate my life now. And I definitely didn't feel like I was ready in that pocket because I was, yeah, which we'll talk to in some of the questions.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, Billy, because I did not even thinking at that stage two months in. (laughs) (laughs) Brain was separated from my head. Um, uh, Billy, 90% sometimes feel like they need someone to show them the way. Mm,
1: yeah, impressed by the 10% that don't. <laughs> yeah. But I certainly fit in the 90% group. Yeah. So, and, and I do a lot of work in that space. So, um, So yeah, great, great result to see that what we're doing helps a lot of people.
0: Yep. And we had some, uh, we're going to do some quick fire here, Billy, around why. Uh, did you become a parent?
1: Yeah, so we'll take it in turns, but we just thought we'd share some of what came through. It's just a small bit of what came through, so sorry for anyone that we didn't include it, but some- We've done just the top a 20. Bit, a couple of hours of yep. us reading it out. <laughs>
0: we appreciate you listening to us anyway. So, um, uh, why did you want to become a parent? I wanted to see my partner as a dad. Mm-hmm.
1: To enjoy parenting, learning, and experiencing life through young eyes. I really wanted kids. I knew it in my soul. I've always wanted to be a mum, had daydreamed and role-played it
0: forever. Deepen the bond with my partner. To have more purpose and meaning. Because they are so ridiculously cute. Have you seen baby toes? It's
1: <laughs> a great one. I wanted to give my child the parents I wish I had growing up, which is, yeah, I think that came through a lot actually.
0: Mm-hmm. My partner had a kid, so I became a parent because I fell in love with them.
1: My husband really wanted kids and I didn't. We had one for him and it's been the best.
0: I was sick of a clean house and sleeping in on weekends, (laughs) but also had a lot more love to give.
1: I wanted to love and care for someone the way my parents cared for and loved me, which is beautiful.
0: To give a small bit of hope to the world, the hope of a better future through the next generation.
1: I always wanted to be a mum but I'm not liking it as much as I thought and a special shout out to people that are feeling like that and that was why I chose um, As Good As It Gets for a movie because, yeah, there is a way through that and hopefully the whole podcast and the community we're building does that but we might answer that in some of the yep. questions.
0: Just to be clear, that wasn't the whole quote that Billy just said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Is this as good as it
1: gets but no, I don't think it is so I think that there is, there is hope.
0: <laughs> um. Felt ready and in the right place, wasn't prepared for the explosion of love or identity shift. Good shift.
1: Not a parent yet, but want to raise a child and
0: teach them happiness in all of its forms. Many purposes in life, but I always regarded being a dad the greatest.
1: To have an excuse to stop working, but also (laughs) kids are
0: great. (laughs) It's what I think I'm here to do.
1: Life experience, culmination of putting in the work into a relationship, to then be able to share a child.
0: I thought I was ready. Boy, was I wrong.
1: To never drink warm coffee, pee alone or sleep in ever again. No, jokes. To give more meaning to life and have a family to share that with. It's a weird, the peeing alone thing. Peeing alone. It's, just, it's yes. an activity, isn't it, that has to be joined. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's honestly, that's one of the hard things. I really miss that. Yes. Yeah. I miss the dependability of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Like I... I or the predictability, I guess. Like, I will always pee alone. <laughs> no.
1: Yes, no. You will any. sometimes. Yes, rarely. But no, it's um. So those are great, and I hope those were helpful for people to hear. But now we've got, we're going to try a new thing. We've got so many short questions. Short questions. So we're going to try and <coughs> rapid fire these <coughs> as well.
0: Rapid fire. So <laughs> these are, these are serious answers, but also some I think are a bit fun. I've tried to do with some of mine, Billy, along yep. the way. So I'll read them all out. We can both jump in and answer them. Why did you not stop at one child? (laughs) I reflected that hormones at about the 12 to 15 month mark and they're extra cute. And for me, I could and I felt like inevitably I was going to have two, you know, plan in my head, which is not a great plan or well thought out, but that's what I thought
1: yeah I think for me, I want Yvette to have siblings. I just I think there's that thing that I'll be gone one day, but I want her to have family that will kind of journey with her. I don't really have any family around me, so it'd be cool to have um to have that for her so and all of Annalise's family are in state so it would just be cool to kind of have more people around her yep.
0: Yeah. I thought all those things too. i just have a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, of
1: course. In case the girls to I'll just keep to doing it that too. You, you'll say something funny and I'll You're say something like,
0: heartfelt. Wow. Wow, Nick. Wow. Interesting <laughs> reflection. Is there anything that you can do to really prepare you and your partner? Yes. I actually had that you could flag what their role might be. and So we're talking about the initial stages. Mm-hmm. Day one. Yep. Yeah, flag what their role might be and highlight it to dad. I think sometimes uh, you know, I'll say dad or the partner who hasn't had the baby Um, they're often like, what can I do? Like, they've got to do it. The big run, that person or the big role for, let's say, the dad in this instance is (coughs) support role. So actually I said defining the role and the role practically is, you know, if you can't cook, clean or do washing, learn how to do it before the baby arrives. Not even kidding. That's just a practical tip if anyone wanted a practical tip. Just, Just be able to do those three things and then you're you're really useful and helpful and you'll feel better for supporting your partner.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think the only other thing I'd add to that um, is just getting good at kind of being a team and problem solving and good lines of open communication because if you go in with that already in your kind of, you know, set of moves as a team, um, it'll be much easier when there's a bit more stress going on as opposed to building it when... You know, there's chaos.
0: It's really hard once there's chaos. Yeah. Mm. Define roles before it all kicks off is, yeah. So knowing, yeah. Anyway. Beautiful. Um, Yep. What actually matters versus what doesn't, Billy?
1: Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole topic on that, but I think, (laughs) and I've spoken about this a lot and been quite opinionated at times, but thinking about, you know – Just enjoying them, celebrating them, kind of being consistent, being there for them, responding to them. That's the stuff that matters. That's the stuff that tracks, you know, their self-esteem. We've done so many different topics on this, but that's where to invest your time and energy and not doing it perfectly as well. Don't feel that pressure because it's pressure that's unnecessary and can make it harder.
0: Yep. I actually took this as quite literal in the beginning sense and that's where my mind was and I was just like, in the beginning, just keeping them healthy, the baby initially. Just
1: yeah, and yes, hitting. great point actually. And whatever it takes, whatever we, it takes. we talk about, you can't spoil a baby. Um, no, people like worry that you're you're going to spoil them too much, but it's yeah, that's that, just not the way they're. Just works.
0: on that, that is an awesome reflection because that is like, well, I want to, I don't want them sleeping in my bed forever. I don't want, I don't reckon. You could, if if anyone could build a habit in a child that early on, like in the first few weeks, (laughs) I'd let me know because I don't think it's possible. (laughs) Um, um, How would you approach becoming a parent differently next time? Well, you're about to come in next time, Billy. What are you going to do differently?
1: Yeah. I think I will be I've had this beautiful experience of seeing that that period that I talked about of like when am I going to get my life back you know am I ever going to relax again and all that stuff during the hard bit I know that's just a period now I don't you know I don't have as much fear if that comes again that it's going to be something I stress so much about which I think will equip me better and we often talk about you know the second kid is often the one where you're just like oh they fell down the stairs that's fine (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah so you know I think I'm excited about just being a bit more relaxed about it i think i was pretty relaxed but being a bit more relaxed and just kind of riding through those waves i reckon it's going to be easier for me so i feel like i'm going in a little bit like that we'll see i'm sure we'll still be recording the podcast so we'll see when my crisps are like (laughs) i'm drowning this is forever and i'll I'll have to tell myself back this this audio
0: start doing micro podcasting when number two arrives Julie. all right guys just a quick voice memo um um do you, I've got a bit to answer Do you think you would have been a different parent If you had your girls in your early 30s I don't think I've ever told my age on this podcast Are people assuming that I'm like <laughs> Maybe I'm only 28 You know <laughs> <laughs> They're like Nick, God What are you like, 46? <laughs> I'm like, no I'm <laughs> That's just how wise you are, mate That's all the
1: listeners <laughs> oh, Just how old
0: you. I look um, No, yeah um, So sorry, I should answer it Would, would you have done things um, Would things have been different um <clears throat> yeah I probably wouldn't have had my stuff together is what mm. my reflection is and that would have made things more difficult um I would have been less aware and more immature um and that probably would have made it a bit different um but I would have been less tired <laughs> I think I would have had more energy in my early 30s than I did having my kids in my mid late 30s
1: Yeah yeah I was really wild back then um, and I, yeah, I did not have my life together and was just all about partying. And, yeah, I think there's people who kind of accidentally find themselves as parents in that window and really step up and kind of shift and we'll hear some questions later about that. But... Yeah, I also do, I'm conscious, one of the reasons that I exercise so much is because I want to be able to run around and chase Evie mm. around and be a part of her life for as long as possible and as active as possible. So, so I do have this a bit of regret that I'm not a younger dad, um, but I don't think I would have been as good as I am now. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I justify it anyway about feeling okay about it.
0: Okay. Should more be done from the local community, i.e. GPs, Health, child health clinics to support new parents?
1: I, I think so but I think that I've got to acknowledge how hard so many people work in the community including and especially GPs. GPs are without getting on the soapbox too much are really restrained in Australia and I think overseas it's probably similar of just their capacity. Um, they find it really hard to do things that aren't really short and quick um, and they are, they're the best medical experts out there, in my opinion. They are, they are the real kind of important, most important specialists. I think there's a lot that's happening in trying to how do we get around new parents better. This podcast in the community we're trying to build is obviously part of it, but um, there's a lot happening. We're going to try and go into that space a bit more. But kind of seek out your community health centres, maternal child health nurses and those people if you are struggling because there are a lot of programs. It's just the visibility of them isn't great sometimes.
0: Okay. I can't really add anything there. <laughs> would you have had kids sooner if you could? Yep. I yeah, say same. that. I say that, yeah, if I could both, emotion- back to the first part, if I was emotionally mature enough and all those sorts of things, I'd have had them sooner. Um, I would because then I would have got more time with them yeah. overall is what I think about. Yeah,
1: same. If it is like by far the best part of my life and I – yeah, I'm the same. I'm like I, you know, it's that weird thing. If I can't imagine how it was before her, but a bit, I feel a bit like this with Annalise. I'm like, I wish that I'd met her sooner, just to have more time with her. So yeah,
0: Evie's the best thing. Where, where do I sit in? <laughs> we'll talk about. They'll take it You're off. Very tight, tight. <laughs> <bed>. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try and unwind it. Really. How <laughs> do uh, you adjust not being with your children all the time? Are returning to work? i think about this and go that's lie like Mm. i'm like this is just part of it it's tough i don't i I justified in my head and i have to work hard to justify it i'm still ron's uh, my youngest still being peeled off at daycare she's nearly three
1: it's quite interesting when that question came through i was like como's nailing this (sighs) um I am not nailing this. Yeah, I really struggle with this and I lie awake every night and talk to Annalise and go, what am I doing? I'm doing too much. I'm trying to talk to everyone about how important supporting your kids' development is and I'm spending less and less time with Vest. And I – yeah, I'm constantly challenged by that. And A lot of the kids that I see in clinic that are struggling, I'm just like, what am I doing? You know, but I – yeah, I love what I do so much and it's a selfish thing that I do, but I also think it's really important to have balance and we'll talk about that in one of the questions. But yeah, yeah, I find it I find it really hard and I, I have to work at it. So I have to work at that. It's not yep. something I can just jump on my bike after I drop her off and cruise into work and it's gone. I will spend usually half of the bike ride just feeling guilty about peeling 100%. her off me. 100%. <laughs>
0: yep. It's just tough. Sorry to that person. Um, what do you wish the mum... The mum would let you have more ownership or free reign of. Maybe I. Not it's, loo- this I'm not. is this
1: is hard because this is a question that shows how lucky we are in our partners. I think that if you had Henry and Annalise on here and said, "What do you wish was different about your partners?" they probably that'd be hours of content. But like,
0: well, I wish you would do this. <laughs> yeah. I wish you could do that. I'm not <laughs> looking for more.
1: Yeah, but I, look, to be honest, I do often see families in clinic where there is conflict in how they're parenting. And we did co parenting, we did parental mental health as kind of two episodes um mrs doubtfire and big i can't mm-hmm. remember, actually remember the episode well maybe done if you want. Yeah. but um but yeah i think it is important to try as much as you can to think about what's the experience like of the other person if you're parenting and you know even opening up conversations and going hey is there a way that i can do this better from your perspective i think what the question is kind of asking about is kind of the mum that's a bit kind of restrictive and the dad who's a bit kind of like happy-go-lucky and doesn't feel like they've got his free reign there is a little bit of that. Like Annalise is a bit more, you know, just on simple stuff, I'm probably we're both pretty like no one would ever accuse us of being helicopter parents. Like if it's kind of, you know, just cruising around doing whatever she wants, like picking up stuff and putting it in her mouth, all that (laughs) stuff. Um that's the type of kid she is and that's the type of parents we are. But I reckon comparatively I'm even more so happy for her just to coast around and take some risks and you know maybe you know fall over a bit more. And but I think it's the right balance. I mm. don't feel like I wish Annalise would you know not sometimes check me on that. Um, so you should be trying to find a space where you complement each other, and you're not kind of going, ah oh, man, I wish I had more free reign to do X, Y, and Z. Yep. Also push back against that stereotypical role. Of the dad is the fun guy. It's so spend a lot of time in clinic pushing back against that. Whereas the, yeah, the mums shouldn't feel like their responsibility is to be the strict one that has all the rules.
0: Yep. Okay. There's a great blue episode. The pool on that one. If you haven't seen oh, it, I don't know. <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> I know. Boring things are fun too, Billy. Yes, that's okay. what Chilly says. Um, how do you know you're making a positive difference on your child? I thought about this, and I I thought um, small 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 social improvement is counted for how I thought about it. Like they're getting better yeah. at playing over time. I'm only at the really start. So all. I've only got kids that are four, up to mm. four. So I'm like, are they playing well with others? Yeah, awesome. It's kind of how I thought about it. Yeah, great. But that's not a that's not always a given, and that's not easy, and not mm. all kids do. But I thought, oh, they're just improving how they play each time. Yeah, amazing actually a
1: really good answer like I'm, all your answers are really good Nick I really don't know. <laughs> like, wow. oh my god wow real, real shock came across <laughs> yeah. the face there Billy I guess the broken clock's right <laughs> <today>. <laughs> but, 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 no, no. Um, but no no that was um, that was beautiful because it talks to what my answer was going to be a bit more uh, eloquently like which is that yeah they keep improving on things and their social and emotional development is moving well and their succeeding in it and that's kind of what I watch from like I try really hard to just be a dad with a vest but I watch how she kind of navigates interactions with other kids what her emotional regulation is like how she mm-hmm. se- self-soothes how she seeks out help when she's struggling so that's kind of how I watch her I'm <laughs> I'm less watching that than kind of you know how good her language development is and stuff mm-hmm. like that because that's the stuff that I'm probably hypersensitive to
0: mm-hmm. okay um how can we prepare people better for parenthood so that it doesn't strain mental health
1: yeah, so talking about it, talking about it like we are and obviously this podcast, but having conversations and being open and honest about it and like pushing back against that narrative of like, oh, this is awesome, I was kind of always going to nail this, I was ready to be it, this is the easiest and best thing I've ever done, all of those things because I think that's the risk, isn't it, that you feel isolated in any part of life but especially parenting that you're like, I'm not as good as everyone else at this and that makes a huge vulnerability to your mental health around kind of comparing yourself to what an expected norm is and Mm. not achieving that. So I think, um, yeah, and we'll have a question about this, but I think it's really important to be proactive really aggressively about all the other aspects that we know support um, really good mental health such as exercise relationships, sleep, diet, and having a good understanding of when you've breached a threshold and needing to seek out professional support. It's really hard. There is still so much stigma in the community. I've spoken to parents this week. that are like, yeah, my teenage kid will not go and see a therapist, and I wish they would, and, uh, you know, it's really driving me nuts, you know. And then 10 minutes later, I'll be having a conversation saying, do you think you would benefit from going and seeing someone? They're like, no, that'd be a waste of time. And I understand it, but that's where role modeling this stuff for our kids. So mm. we should, yeah, be protecting our own mental health, um, yeah, really proactively.
0: Okay. Are men critical of other dads as much as women are critical of other mums?
1: Yeah, what do you reckon? I, I thought this was a fascinating question.
0: Fascinating question. Don't know if it came from a mum or a dad or mm. a man or a mom. Don't know who asked it. Um, uh,. I'm not super critical because I know how bad I can be at, I don't know, at 10.30 at night when the kids aren't asleep and the things that I do and, you know, Mm -hmm. losing my temper and things. So I don't know. I don't think so. Do I talk to other men about – no, I don't know. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I think there is – like I see critical elements in my life, like professionally and with other elements of things that are happening, but I don't think I've ever sensed – that a dad is criticizing me, and I've never kind of looked at another dad and gone, "Yeah, I don't know." Like it's it's it is funny because I think Australians have that kind of cut down tall poppy element to them, but I don't think I've ever sensed that around the way that I dad or another dad dads. dads yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to another podcast. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think that is hard. I think if if parents, uh, particularly mums, are experiencing that, that's really challenging. Yeah. And we have a a really good question coming up about that actually.
0: (coughs) Okay, cool. We'll keep punching through the short form questions here, Billy, and get to the longer questions shortly. How do you manage the challenges of being a parent, i.e. tantrums, illness, defiance?
1: Yeah, what have you got for that?
0: (laughs) It's a thin veneer of management (laughs) Um, is, is all I can say to that. I think about managing those challenges, I'm sort of, My my kids are nearly three and five, and my last five years have been tough, Um, and they're sort of feeling in somewhat. And the parents with kids older than mine are like, "Ah, wait!" But feeling less challenging every single moment of the day. Mm. Um, And so, how do I manage things like illness, like yeah, and their illness and everything? Uh, Just sort of get through it, struggle through. Nothing's great. I'd say I'd say it's really hard. Pockets of hard, but pockets of amazing, but tough.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I work really hard on this. Um, I, yeah, I'm lucky to have a very settled temperament, daughter, and an amazing partner. And the biggest challenges I have is actually managing my own emotions mm. and reactivity and stress. And, mm. but I work really hard on it. I try and think, how is this impacting events and my relationships, um, and what do I need to do, and what I'm doing that I've got in place. Am I doing it? If so, is it working? And I kind of, I'm pretty, I, you know, it's probably the researcher in me a bit, but I evaluated a fair bit and go like, sweet, how much did I run this week? How much did I drink this week? How much did I sleep this week? What was it like? Cool. I didn't run enough. I drank a bit too much. I was stressed. Shift it up, change it up next week, work hard on that, see how it goes.
0: That's good. You You did
1: focus on that. Well, yeah, definitely. I I have to. I have to because I stress too much and it's not fair on me and the people around me if I don't work on it. Nice. So anyway, sorry. Maybe a deeper answer than uh, no, a short it. question. Yeah,
0: jeez. I, I do that too. <laughs> 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 What's Billy's biggest concern as a parent because of his profession?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, Yvette's mental health and the mental health of those that are going to be around her for the rest of their life. I'm seeing everything's getting worse in the community like where kids are having a harder time accessing support and they're needing more and more support. Um, Yeah, I'm just seeing kids every day that are really struggling and I worry about Yvette being a child in the future that will be struggling and needing support, which is, you know, 20% of kids. But also I'm worried about 20% of people around her, you know, and we know... 50% of mental illness in adults starts in childhood. So that's the biggest thing that worries me about her mental health and those around her because of the impact I have on her but just the experience of the quality of the community she'll be around. So,
0: Mm, Okay. (coughs) How do you compliment your partner for being a good partner that's not patronising? Love this question. Yeah, what have you got? Well, I thought um, praise the effort. I had a few little guiding principles. Praise the effort and not the outcome. Because I think that that's really important because I think it's like, you know you don't want to be like, oh, wow, look what dad did. Isn't that amazing? It sounds bad. It's like, wow, that was really cool that you did that. Do it in front of the kids whether they're there, whether the the parent is there or not there. I think that that's really important. Um, It doesn't have to be in front of dad. That might take the patronising bit out of it. Sound like you're patronising if you're worried about it. Um, And just do it in the moment. Mm. Like don't, just do it in the moment. Don't yeah. do it after the fact. I think it's good in the moment and it's great for the kids to hear.
1: Yeah, great. And I think um, shout-out to our Karate Kid and Habits. <laughs> like I'm just building this catalogue there, constantly back to you. But, um, yeah, so shout-out to Karate Kid and Habits and you've already nailed a bit of it, which is kind of in the moment specific praise, you know, reinforce the effort like you've said. Oh. I think that can be really, yeah, really purposeful for our kids but also for our partners and thinking about – yeah, what am I calling out? And I think it's really important that we get reinforced on stuff we do every day and we don't take for granted all the good stuff we're doing. All these parents come and see me and they're like, I'm stuffing this up. You know, I'm not good at this part of parenting and I can always find stuff that they're doing really well and yeah. they just don't hear it so they don't see it. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity even for other parents that are around, call them out on the stuff they're doing and it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I've noticed you're really good at being settled and calm when your little one's getting stressed and they really seem to benefit from that. And then that parent goes, "Oh wow, I was, didn't even know I was doing that, but that's awesome." Yeah, you know, we just we feel the stress and the stuff we're doing not well, and think that everyone's watching us and judging us. But it's actually important that we come in and reinforce the stuff we see other people doing well, not just our part. Follow
0: up question, Billy: Why is it so easy to remember the difficult stuff as opposed to the positive stuff? Why are we geared that way? <laughs> answer Billy yeah yeah answer. just in a
1: quick 30 <laughs> second soundbite yeah I think that is that is a common experience of a lot of people and I think it's because that's where a lot of the burden is so the okay. burden is in the stuff that we're not doing well and you kind of move on I mean I'm probably the worst person in the world at that so I uh, don't acknowledge the stuff that I'm doing well at all and just constantly beat myself up self up about the stuff I'm not doing so well but okay. I yeah I need to Obviously, work on that, but it is a common experience for lots of people, and I think because there's the hardship and the negative emotions that are associated with it.
0: Yep. Any tips with self-doubt and just being a good mum?
1: Yeah. What do you think?
0: Um, um, I feel like you're better equipped to, to answer this one, but no, no, I, oh, I think you're listening to this podcast is always what I think about. <laughs> Anyone that's listening to this podcast is wanting to be a better mum, and mm. therefore. That's 90% of it you're trying to be better and I'm sure you're doing a bang up job and just to the previous question, you're probably not hearing that you're doing a bang up job sometimes but anyone that's listening to this podcast is trying to be a better parent.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Winnicott, you know, decades ago talked about good enough parenting being what we should be (laughs) aiming for, not kind of perfect parenting. But I think there is a little bit of self-doubt that's actually helpful because it means that you're actually reflecting on how you're going. You should just be seeing it as an opportunity Mm. for growth where you can but not kind of aiming for I'm going to nail every element of this. But, yeah, just kind of using that sensation that you have of is that accurate, like we – We'll do a whole session, um, a whole topic on kind of therapy and um, cognitive restructuring which is how do you kind of shift some of those thoughts that you have to something that's more beneficial. But, but yeah, I
0: experience that too. Is it worth waiting for the right time to have kids?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think, like, as we've talked about, there's a lot of amazing families that, you know, weren't even planning it and have kids. Um, But I I don't know if there is a right time. I don't know if you have an answer for that. But I, you know, like we've said, I wish that I'd had kids earlier, but I might not have been prepared or set up as well. Um, Yeah, there's lots of people that really struggle to have kids when they want to. So I, I don't think there is a right time. You shouldn't feel like that. But as much as possible, you want to be prepared for it if you have that opportunity to prepare for it.
0: Yeah, m- my two cents is that if you're ready, it'll be easier. If you're not, it won't be as easy, but that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much my answer. Do you know what I mean? Like Totally, yeah. I yeah. don't think you'll ever be like, it's. Ins- I don't feel like it, I don't know, insurmountable. I think it'd just be easier if you sort of were... Yeah, prepared. I feel like you had your stuff together. Like if you're if you're better equipped, I'm not sure if you like this analogy, but like if you've got the the oxygen mask equipped, then you, you can sort of help others. So if you're a bit better ready in that self, like in yourself, totally. I think that just helps. But
1: yeah, I think it's harder, but I think you can learn to sail in the storm. Completely. I, That's yeah. yeah and I um yeah, I'm really privileged to be a part of that for so many families that mm. maybe didn't do, you know, didn't come in completely prepared. So don't feel bad if you're like, oh man, we're already in this and struggling.
0: Yep. Cool. Um, we're going to probably bash through the last couple just because yep. of time. if that's cool. Um, how has parenthood impacted or changed your theoretical understanding of child development and psychology?
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't met a kid yet in the thousands I've met that do exactly what the textbooks say. <laughs> 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 so don't worry if that's you.
0: Yep. Um, I'm in the same boat as Billy with a 20 month, 21-month-old and a baby due in 10 weeks. As Billy spoke about, I didn't have an immediate connection with my son and it took several months, but now I worry I won't have that connection with my second child. Are there any tips to create that connection or is it just time?
1: Yeah, it's, it's great to hear that. It's not just time. The biggest developmental myth is that time does stuff for kids. It doesn't. That's what you do with that time. And so like this parent obviously has invested in with their first little bub just – really engage with them you know build rituals with them like you can do that really early on and evie and i have heaps of rituals that we do where we just she knows a certain expression a certain movement or whatever means we're going to dance we're going to run around the house or whatever and that's that's what builds the bonds so we might talk to a bit more of that in one of the longer questions
0: okay about to become a parent for the second sorry about to become a parent of a second child uh what is it like to level up how is it different my reflection Same, was there's less chop out um, and that has knock out, <laughs> <laughs> knock on effects. There's just less, you get less chop out. Yeah. You just do like.
1: So an international listener's chop out oh, is sorry. like a yeah. break.
0: <laughs> you get less breaks. So so if you've got two parents, one kid, you can leave the parent with one of them. Uh, when there's two, it's less to get that. Um, yeah, we call it a chop out. Fans might
1: remember your move of always be holding the baby.
0: Yeah. That's a suggestion. Always be holding the baby. Can't make a cup of tea for someone if you're holding the baby. Um, Final short one. Um, Struggling with the change in my social life. Will I ever feel adjusted? 11-month-old bub, missing the social freedom I used to have on the weekends
1: yeah I miss this too a bit actually like I one of my favourite things in the world was kind of going to music festivals and just running around meeting people and dancing heaps and just having an amazing time I wish the whole world was like a music festival because everyone's just so nice to each other (laughs) and just high on life Um, but yeah I kind of yeah I miss that a little bit I, I try and kind of acknowledge that and just think about all the amazing stuff though And but it's actually okay to miss that and say that and you know try where possible to engage with small elements of that knowing that I'll never be able to go back to the fancy free you know lifestyle that i had
0: yeah i've got two schools of thought or two things i've seen so i've had friends that haven't changed and they've kept up what they were doing before and that's fine and their partner has as well so they've kept sort of you know staying out going out you know embracing that social side and they seem happy doing that i, I would probably think that maybe some of the days would be a bit longer and tougher doing that my two cents like it's hard to do it like mm. you know the day after the kids would be you know a parent to be the hangover <laughs> and that's hard <laughs> i have and i i think it just makes it harder but then you obviously had the fun the night before um and the other reflection was that um i don't know something some, i've just lost in the page here how annoying um uh you know some guys i had advice went before i'd even had kids he's like don't fight it senior guy had three kids he goes don't fight it he goes go with it and i yeah, was like okay. okay he goes just evolve um into like becoming a bit more of a dad and i was like it's not super helpful but I, he's like yeah he goes i've got friends that are three kids in and they're um still trying to do it while their partner isn't that he goes it's that's hard it makes it hard
1: yeah. My final thing on that before we get into long questions is I often think about when I'm like tempted and it doesn't work most of the time to like have a bigger knife or have an extra glass of wine or whatever, that I'm just stealing tomorrow's happiness. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's but that's what I mean. That's that's that far better articulated. It's like you can do it, but it just makes the next day tougher. Yeah. Amazing. Billy, um we are gonna jump into a quote first from someone or, or just a, a, a note from someone, less of a question. So we'll lead off with this and we've got four questions, I think. Um, oh,
1: yeah, a couple more than that but we'll, we'll oh, see and try sorry. and stay under the, the
0: yeah, time. yeah, No, 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 we're, we're fine, we're fine. Um, thank you again for another great episode. I was excited to listen to this one when I first came on, saw it come onto my playlist. I haven't really got any questions. It was just more comments to add to some of the things we were addressing which really resonated with me. As a midwife mm. – <laughs> I love midwives. I've been in a privileged position to work with hundreds of families and as much as I always thought I was a birth sweep midwife, I feel like I can make the biggest impact to families after they welcome their baby. I've witnessed women and partners struggle to adjust to parenthood and the guilt they can feel because as you described, they don't instantly fall in love with their baby or they set themselves up with unrealistic expectations. We can thank social media for that. The work I, I work with an incredible perinatal psychologist that reminds women that they probably didn't fall in love with their partner straight away. It would have taken them time to get to know them, etc. So why should it be different from their newborn? It's such a simple statement, but its honesty and rawness often resonates with women. For some parents, engaging and bonding with their baby can come naturally, but honestly, for the most part, I find a lot of my role is just to encourage, reassure and teach new parents. It's about surrendering to the fourth trimester and doing what is necessary to survive to keep your head above water. There's such a focus on preparing and educating yourself for the birth of the baby, which is very important, but so little for parents in preparing them to become a mother or a father. I wish we had more time in the hospital setting a focus on this aspect and becoming parents.
1: Yeah, great, great point. I really love that kind of didn't fall in love with your partner instantly. So, you know, (laughs) it takes time. And that's true. Like, you know, you might have this instant bond with your baby. But I've seen that with a vet. So, it's just taken time. Yeah. And a really good point. We spend so much time around birthing classes, but Mm. not a lot in the space of kind of how do you prepare for all the bits after that. And it is. I love the bit surrender to the fourth trimester because Mm. it's really true. Don't like it goes back to what we said. Don't worry about spoiling a baby and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought that was really beautiful and worth kind of putting in because it shows how much knowledge and you know real wisdom there is in the community.
0: Particularly those midwives, mate. Yes, they, yes, they are, are amazing. unreal.
1: Um, we're going to go audio <laughs> questions. So, thank you. We got a few of these, um, but this one was. The sharpest and easiest for us to put on with our basic tech
0: yeah. expertise. <laughs> yeah, we loved. It's great that we get um, the audio messages from people, um, and we love detail. We always say that, but to be really, to be really honest, we're a little bit limited in production <laughs> experience. So I'm lights camera. <laughs> Billy's a lot of uh, Billy does the editing and the sound. Like so, it's. Um, we don't have the chops to sign <laughs> of edit things together as well. We're, we're trying and we're keen for support if anyone wants to help us do that. Yes. And we've had some audio engineers reach out recently. Yeah, so thank
1: you to advice. all those people.
0: But um, unfortunately, we couldn't chop together some of the other questions from multiple audio. We're just not equipped. Anyway, here's an awesome question by audio.
2: Dr. Billy and Mr. Nick, what you guys are doing is bloody awesome. I'm extremely grateful. I loved episode 60 about becoming a parent. For me, it is without doubt the best thing I will ever do and by far the hardest. Another great film choice, by the way. An exquisite scene choice too. Listening to your podcast offers great insights and food for thought around doing it better, but also, perversely, serves as a reminder of the danger we, as parents, face of stuffing it up. For both my wife and me, the clear and present danger is the morning routine. The kids, 6, girl, and 10, boy, both tend to wake up cranky, desiring more time in bed and even more sleep. We then, as parents, try to find the balance between empathic, upbeat acceptance and insisting on some action at the station. The former employs tools like music, teddy bears' voices, etc. The latter too often succumbs to frustration, disappointment, and at times, yelling. In the spirit of winning the morning and winning the day, we are definitely not winning this recent challenge. More broadly, my little girl is generally doing well, but has been frequently cracking the shits with us at home. My only glowing reviews from her teachers in grade one, but with us, even the most quotidian of events can invoke cranky obstinance. Things like eating a meal, having a shower, reading her reader, things she does not actually dislike. So if you gents wouldn't mind just uh, fixing those two issues for me, that'd be great. You asked about what we listeners love about parenting. For me, the responses could be broad and varied, but I know that the most profound moments of joy for me as a dad are watching my two play together with love for each other and an unbridled ebullience for life itself. Keep up the amazing work, Tom.
1: What did you think of that, mate? Question. <sighs> wow. I stitched up a bit. That's the first time you've heard that.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: Amazing question.
1: Amazing voice. Very dulcet oh tones. God. I was worried that um, What's people... You? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, don't try. And I can see you. can see you. can see right now. You're like, oh, maybe he'd be really good on the podcast. No.
1: <laughs> no, but I thought it was great. And if I'm being 100% honest, i had to look up what a few of those words meant. Uh, there's three of them. <laughs> yeah, there's three
0: <laughs> or something. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick reflection. Um, just goes to show how much I don't know about the future. I was like, surely six and ten mornings are easy. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right. Over to you, Billy. Answer this man's questions.
1: You know, the other thing that's beautiful about it, which you often talk about, is the best thing being watching them both enjoy each other's oh, company and yeah. playing together. And you talk about that, like the girls just celebrating each other and enjoying each other's company. So, that's one of the things I'm excited about. Um, yes. So, a couple of things, because we're going to run out of time, but I think that – Really beautifully articulates the we wake up in the morning with a goal and then feel this stress and sense of failure and not achieving it, um, and that's a really common feeling. And I think, like we've talked about a lot, thinking about the stuff you are nailing, is the expectation too high? All that stuff, you know. Don't accept that everyone wakes up tired. Think about what's the quality of our sleep like. I see a lot of families, amazing parents like this one is, that are like, I yelled at the kids or sometimes I yell. That is not some red flag that you're stuffing up a kid's future and you might actually be showing them that emotions are normal, valid and in an important part of life and that we're all trying to get better at how we manage them. And so it's really good, be transparent on I wish I hadn't have done that, I'm working on that, this is how I'm working on it and we're all going to try and, you know, function better in the mornings and it's really important as a family that you p- pick specific tasks that you want to get better at and you all try and achieve it as a family, not I want life to be better, I want you to listen to me more. All that stuff is too vague, kids can't aim for that target and neither can parents. But an amazing parent who... Um, yeah, is just doing a great job of thinking about it and kind of calling out some of the things that they could do better, which is all we need to do as long as it helps us in our own growth as parents and doesn't go into what some of the short questions talked about where I feel like I'm not doing this well, I've got self-doubt, all of that stuff and you can get this sense. So no, and um, but yeah, it's, it's such a great question and a really good insight into someone who's trying really hard and, and still finding they're not doing it perfectly.
0: Yep, and congratulations to Tom, our first audio question. <laughs> yes. Second question, Billy. Hi, Nick and Billy. Thank you for your podcast. It's changed my life and my approach to family and fatherhood. It's my weekly ritual and time with mates to realign and listen. Our pregnancy was far from smooth. My wife really wanted and my wife really went through the hardest time of her life. And whilst many people were supportive, I don't think they understand the toll it takes on new mums. Some highlights include excess fluid, pain in the back, feet, hips, catching COVID and struggling to breathe with no medication due to pregnancy and finally a shattering series of scans that revealed a significant impairment with our son's hands. I watched as she grew tired and broken emotionally, physically and mentally from the entire experience. Three months on, we were blessed with a beautiful boy with functioning limbs, fingers and hands. I have a number of questions for new parents who may be in the same place in the hope that I can help them learn to support each other through the tough times. How can I give my baby the best life with these potential life-changing conditions? Is there a community or resource to help us along? What do I need to do aside from loving unconditionally to support my partner and myself for the next journey? For this ju- next journey. How can I help stay grounded whilst looking after myself? postpartum depression and anxiety is real sometimes it's overwhelming for my partner and i feel helpless how can i help her cope when is it okay not to be okay who should dads reach out to when it's all too much i hope these questions help others to learn get help and support they need and also know that we're all in this together thanks for sharing your experiences i'm so grateful to you both congrats on baby number two billy
1: Yeah, what a question. Like, yeah, I've read that so many times and it still hits me. Um, Yes, so phenomenal insights of a parent who is working really hard to support and think about how they can best set up this kid's development and future. What I would say is it's always okay to not be okay um, and you should never feel pressure that it's not okay. If you don't see the community to support you around you, look harder for us, try and build us. That's what we've done with this podcast. I've done this for a really selfish reason and I know you have a bit too, of we want to get as good at this as we can be and we want to have people around us that share this experience through open and honesty and trying to learn together. This person, I feel like, is a part of our community in that and they've made this huge contribution in how honest they've been about their worries and fears that they have. I think that... um, you know, looking after yourself and your partner is really important. I really like this kind of what can I do besides loving unconditionally to support my partner and myself for this next journey. And, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Seek out the support of others around you. I often think about, you know, formal and informal supports. The formal support to all the professionals that exist. I say every day in clinic, I'm not doing this out of kindness. I'm doing it because it's my job and I get paid and paid well to do it. Lean into me figure out how I can best support you and I'm quite aggressive with family saying you need to come in and tell me how I can best support you so feel for if don't feel like you're being selfish if you lean into the professional supports that exist within your community but the real value is in building a community of like non-professional supports such as family and friends and investing in that and that's something that i constantly strive to do and i'm very far from nailing that but that is the protective stuff and you build that when the sun is shining it's very hard to build it in the storm like you, you need to really put effort into that and you can tell that this parent is doing that. There's so much more in this kind of question. Postpartum depression and anxiety is really high rates. We see 20 to 30% of parents. It's nothing to do with you not being good enough, you having a vulnerability, something you've done wrong. there, And you should feel like that has exceeded your ability as a family to resolve it and seek out the support. There's amazing therapists in the community that have huge amount of expertise in this that I'm lucky to work with and we will do a topic on that in the future because it's a really important one.
0: Yeah, just a quick reflection on this bloke. Like he has a lot on his plate and he's taking the time to highlight how others might be sort of feeling. Yeah. So the selflessness is um really impressive. So thanks for that because how yeah, you can sort of stop and find the time to do it with that much on your plate and just an 11-month-old, I think it was. Um, And I almost pulled this
1: question out because I want to do it just on a separate topic. I've got this amazing topic that I've got planned for the future just on, you know, the vulnerability in kids that are a little bit different and Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to do that one. But um, I think it was important for this kind of becoming new parent because there'll be people out there that might be having the same experience and he's done a huge thing in kind of opening that up and being honest about it.
0: Amazing. Okay, Billy, question two. Hey guys, love the podcast. We're currently four or so weeks from becoming first-time parents. We are very excited, although I think my partner is just as excited uh, not to be waddling around anymore. (laughs) I love this. I get excited. New parents, this is great. I have a question on becoming a parent episode. My question relates to supporting my partner the best I can in becoming a parent. Backstory, the pregnancy has been an unexpected gift and therefore finding out about it we may not have been jumping for joy, as high as some of those who have been trying for a child. We decided that we were ready, and after the excitement has been building up as we draw closer to D-Day. My partner has been known to get pretty serious bouts of anxiety, especially in high times of stress. She's been fantastic throughout the pregnancy, and I'm really proud of her. I found that as we draw closer, some friends with youngsters seem to be getting more and more negative with their advice. Most of them have been great though. I can see some of these, oh, you'll never stop worrying. You'll never be able to enjoy things again. You'll never sleep again. Your relationship will be ruined. are really getting to my partner. Have you got any advice on working to become more resilient parents before we are one? And how can we best support each other to be the best parents we can despite it not being part of our plan at this stage of our life? You got anything for that? <laughs> Um. Oh, what a legend! Like yeah. listening, trying to get better before the baby's even arrived. Like,
1: what do you think about the kind of people around them that are like, "Ah, oh, you'll never."
0: Ah, oh, they're the they're the biggest pain. <laughs> like that's yeah. painful. It's unhelpful. Yeah, you don't need to be told. People I also know think it's, it's not Yeah, it. It's just. <laughs> oh, it shits me! It really does. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like you know that argument of like oh, don't get married, it's awful, you regret it. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird really? to like, we've got this kind of negative, you know, connotation around that. And I'm not saying there isn't people that are in marriages that they shouldn't be or whatever, but it's just weird <laughs> that we have this like cultural setup of like, it's going to suck to be a parent. Yeah, it kind of sucks the married. fun out of it. It's like yeah. if
0: someone's doing it and we're we're on this podcast saying it's not great all the time. Mm. don't need to tell someone it's not going to be great. They'll no, but also
1: out. the final time I'll say it, that you know, don't accept that this is as good as it gets if you're not <laughs> if you're not finding it an enjoyable experience. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's the point, is that it is amazing. Not all the time, but a lot of the stuff that's hard you can work on to make it better. Mm. Oh nice. So yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that makes the highlight <laughs> um, <laughs> real. but yes, let's keep going. Sorry, I'm just answering too long,
0: aren't I? No, you're right. Um a, uh, question three, Billy. Becoming a parent feedback. I found this the most relevant to me as I'm a first time mum of an 11 month old baby boy. I've absolutely loved becoming a mum. The adjustment has been very real. Finding the balance of quality time with my partner and the adjustment to the big changes in our social life have been challenging. But personally for me, the new identity of being a mum has been tough. I find it difficult when comments like, you're a cool mum, or you dress well for a mum, These comments piss me off. I get defensive. I try to explain to people that being a mum is the role relationship I have with my son. It's not me entirely as a person, just because I've had a baby. Why do I feel people are putting me in a strange sort of bubble? Would love this address on the potty. Big fan. Keep up the excellent work, guys.
1: Yeah, so it's great, isn't it? And I think there is that risk of kind of if you're... (laughs) Yeah, you want to have an identity and it's really important that you do Mm. beyond just being a parent and especially like we are raising three girls, I don't want her future to be that she's just a mum. You know, if she decides to have kids in the future, I want her to have a richer life, a broader life, like Mm. more to her identity than one single aspect of it. Um, So, yeah, I totally understand that and I think it is. It's this kind of expectation that once you shift into that role of either, you know, you're married now you're a parent now you're a grandparent now whatever it is that now defines who you are mm. and it doesn't it doesn't change who you are and i see this kind of labeling obviously in people coming in and trying to pathologize behavior and thinking you know this kid now is you know has this diagnosis that's all they are but that can happen in any parts of our life so yeah push back against it you know make sure that you if you're feeling like that you kind of call people out on it if you feel comfortable with them I um it did make me laugh. Of uh, I don't think either of maybe you more so than me, are about to be accused of you dress well for a dad. I was telling you that I rode home from work yesterday in a torn t-shirt that I accidentally ripped as I was uh, leaving the hospital, and thought I hope no one sees me because I've got a t-shirt hanging off me as I ride home. <laughs> so. No one's ever accused me of that. But yeah, it is. It's this common experience, I think, that you know you change now and you're different and potentially lesser than who you were before you became a parent because it just dominates your life now. Mm. So I think that is a vulnerability.
0: Yeah, great question. Um, Billy Nick, thanks for a great episode with As Good As It Gets. Firstly, just to tie into the Griswold from this <laughs> week, I may have been driving home from daycare pickup the other week when halfway home my three-and-a-half-year-old chimes out Mum, you haven't done up the seatbelt.
1: So, it's a special shout-out to so many people <laughs> uh, sending stories like that yeah, to make me feel better about it, So, as you did during the episode, but I really yep. appreciate that.
0: Yep. Secondly, my question is about patience. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-month-old. The, the tantrums on top of the sleep deprivation, being torn between trying to give enough attention to two children plus all the other life stuff, messy house, etc., Means my patience has been pretty low lately. I hate it when I snap or yell. Sometimes it's when the tantrums are happening. Other times it's when he is being a kid, but I'm trying to juggle everything else. Any tips on how I can remain a patient and calm? I can remain re- patient and calm before responding. I feel so terrible afterwards, and will always try to hug him or do something to make it up. But would rather find ways to be more patient. Thanks.
1: What have you got besides empathy? This person, this
0: person just wrote my, just this, this is me at the moment, slightly kind of coming out of it a little bit. This is so hard. Mm. Um, my, uh, my advice is not just empathy, which is where I always go, but uh, I'd just be really um, kind to yourself because you you might be able to get some good tactics, but I'm just like, that's really hard to avoid. I find it hard to avoid not being patient and yelling and not being responsive and being up for a joke like i can't put socks and shoes on my kid on in the morning henrietta's like you've just got to make it a game i'm like i cannot make this a game right now (laughs) (laughs) i can't i don't have the patience yeah she she does i don't yeah yeah Yeah, just being honest
1: Uh, Yes, so we're two orchids that are very emotionally reactive. Yes, so no, I, uh, I also understand that it might not be possible to make things a game all the time. Um, And yes, I think you're right. have to acknowledge that it's impossible not to have these emotions. What I would say is in terms of the next step, in terms of strategies, I actually steal a bit from my occupational therapy colleagues um, in terms of things like zones of regulation, which I can't even remember which episode. So I've done it again, not be able to recall, but, what I try and do is, I notice what's happening in terms of sensations in my body when I'm getting stressed like that. And it's a bit of a trigger for me to go, oh, you're getting a bit hot, you're getting a bit stressed, you're noticing you're getting tense, you know, all of those things. And even just that is a really important step for me because it creates this awareness in me in the moment. And I don't have an expectation that I'll be able to flick a switch and then fix it. But think about, cool, that's that, I'm buzzing a bit, I'm getting a bit stressed cool, what can I do? I've still got to put the socks and shoes on now because we're rushing. That's cool. I've just got to sit with it. Actually, I can give a couple of minutes. We can be a couple of minutes late. I'm just going to take a breather. Evie can run around and push me back a bit and kind of, you know, get burner energy out and I can come back and do this in a couple of minutes and that's going to be a better move or whatever it is. So I think that kind of um, emotional awareness of what your body's telling you and how you're feeling is a really important next step beyond the don't feel like that's not okay to have those experiences.
0: We did an episode on tantrums and if I had my mind together then, Billy, I would have reflected upon that, which is what you've kind of done. So the tantrums ep for this listener is really good um, because it helps you manage yourself, um, which is sometimes all you can do in that moment when the kid is off the tantrum deep end. You've just got to stop and make sure that you remain calm and are the calm person there because that kid is dysregulated and will not regulate and if you can just keep yourself calm, that's a great step.
1: Yeah, and just like John Rambo, it's okay for us to have tantrums. That's
0: was Rambo. I was trying to remember what the tantrums was. I was trying to think of like a kid tie. in a supermarket, but I'm like, <laughs> I no. love the tea I gave it to you on air. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just wanted something to eat. Um,
0: um, two to go. Two to go. Uh, question five. When parenting is tough, I default to not – sorry. When parenting is tough, I default to feeling like I'm not a great parent. That parenting should be fun or rewarding, but I have a one-year-old and I'm up until very recently, it's f- felt exhausting and a bit of a drag. Do you ever have moments or months where you question your choice to have kids and how do you come back from that and just enjoy the crazy ride? That's a, a really honest question. Mm.
1: How do you ever feel like that?
0: I um, never get to the point where um, sort of not having them Like, I don't feel like not having them. But if I'm really honest, I've had to put, um, my daughter uh, place them down sort of twice recently because I was, um, really stressed out and and wound up, um, because I was trying to make the situation better at a point when I couldn't and just kept trying to make it better and I became really stressed and so I just had to do the whole, oh God, like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It just became too much and it was really tough, um. Which doesn't sound like much when I say it right here, but it is in that moment. Oh, no, definitely It's that whole, yep. like, yeah, I'm not breathing there, not breathing. And it's just really hard. Because um, I was trying to help so much. And in my mind, I was like, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm trying yeah. to help you. And it's not helping. And yeah, it the gets pressure worse, it comes in. And, and it and just um, goes backwards. Yeah. And I didn't reflect upon the whole tantrum stuff at the time. I just thought, yeah, stupidly, sometimes I think I'm past. It's, it's when it's when I'm dealing with something that I'm like, we should be past this. Is <laughs> that so bad to say? I'm like, we shouldn't still be doing this.
1: It's so funny, isn't it, that we <sighs> put that expectation on our kids whereas we're both fully grown adults and we still stuff it up emotionally and socially, you know, but we expect you're five. <laughs> you should sort this out. It's exactly. <laughs> it's how just I so feel. funny that it's that classic, like putting expectations on other people that we don't put
0: on ourselves. It's so unfair so. on the kid. Yeah, but look, I did it last answer. night.
1: I said it to you. I, I knew I had hours to prepare for this. Annalise was on a long shift, so I couldn't get help from her. And I'd done a full day of work um, and I needed Evie to go to bed. And she was just doing hot laps of the house and wanted to play. And I was just getting frustrated. And I'm like, you got to go to bed. like." And she was really upset about it and everything. But I was just like, if I was a really good parent, I would have been like, sweet. No, it's not bedtime. The work doesn't matter and all this stuff. But I knew that I was going to be up too late doing this stuff and I just was selfish about it and found myself stressed. I have a slight variation on this. On. I don't, I worry that I am not good enough and if that Yvette if is. I adore her so much that I think she's got an amazing parent in Annalise, and sometimes I question how amazing a parent I am, and that's where my questioning comes from, and that that doubt that this parent talks about of like, um, you know, question your choice to have kids. I worry about you know, there's things that I struggle with impacting her future and her development, and. I try really hard to motivate that for me to get better at it and that's why I do this podcast because it, it holds me accountable at continuing to work on it and you've spoken about that as well. But um, I would say, yes, that you it takes a lot of effort to come back from that and get to the point where this parent asks, you know, enjoying the crazy ride and, you know, as we've already said in this episode, lean on everyone around you. And kind of say hey i'm struggling with this and find the specific things that are making you feel like that and think yes that's hard i feel awful whatever what's the path out of that how do i resolve that how do i get better at it what additional support do i need what burden can i take off myself and some of it is really hard especially for single parents out there like i yeah i obviously had an experience of that growing up and like i I think it's really challenging but we we should work really hard on supporting those around us as well like Mm. this parent.
0: I think you did a good job answering that parent's question but some feedback for you is that I think you do a great job. I wouldn't even say like it's not even that like you're a good parent, it's that you're really working at it. Mm. Like I think like naturally you're probably pretty good but you're pretty conscientious you're always reflecting upon it, even before we hit roll on the mics where we chat for two hours. You're always thinking about it and being better. And I think the result is great so far with what I see with Evie. Like, it just looks really good. So, I think you're doing a good job. Yeah, thanks, mate. I
1: actually really appreciate that. In the last episode, I listened to it so many times editing it. I really appreciated the bit where you were like, I like watching how you parent Evie and that made me feel better about how I parent. So, it's a really powerful thing that we should be saying to other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always bring the girls over if I'm not doing something. I'm like, oh, look at this. It's played out at Billy's house. Hey, well, what would you – just curious, what would you do here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's much easier with your own kids. But there is – I know we're running out of time, but we've only got one to go. One to go. There's another thing as well in this of – Annalise is so amazing in her emotional regulation that it actually can make it hard at times to parent in parallel with her because she is so much better at the things that I struggle with and there is a vulnerability of myself and my self-worth, going back to the previous question of that, and there will be people out there that are like – my partner is so much better at this and I feel crap about myself because I watch them succeed in the things that I struggle with and that is really hard. So a little bit I try and learn off her and figure out how she's doing it but I also try hard to accept that we're two different parents with two different approaches. But That's my final bit on that.
0: Cool. Last question, Billy. Hi, guys. I have a few questions about this topic, the, the, this week's topic. I feel like the more I know about child development, adversity and risk of emotional well-being the more I worry about getting it right. I'm a social work counsellor who has worked with young people and their families for almost 20 years and I cringe at how I simplified parenting in my mind before I became one. Although I know theoretically resilience and strong attachment can make room for not always getting it right, I still find myself parenting so intensely and neglecting my needs. So my question is, how do we find a balance as parents meeting our own needs by finding time and giving ourselves grace
1: yeah what a beautiful I think it's the best one to end on because it is like what do we do now what do mm. we do when the podcast ends and we go back to our lives and we think about being parents and it's a beautiful way of giving yeah giving yourself grace is um, mm. I think that's the answer is that you know that that's what we need to do we need to give ourselves a bit of a break as well and say, yeah, I could have – we are never going to be perfect at this and there's a huge generational shift that's occurred. We are all sitting around. I go out now socially and whether it's having a beer or I'm at dinner or I'm just chatting to mates that are parents and we're all thinking about how we can do this better and Mm. our parents didn't do that. Mm. They didn't sit around and do that. So we will naturally be better at it. There are parenting podcasts coming out of everywhere now, which is really exciting. Because people are really interested in this space. And so, that alone is a beautiful thing that you can be doing having conversations, being open and honest about it, like so many of our people have sent in questions about. And that kind of – the next level is we need to truly understand what resilience is and truly understand that the pathway is different for every single parent, every single kid, every single family, every single community, but we just work together to build what that is for us as individuals and us for, you know, how we best figure out those moves. But giving ourselves, yeah, grace or a break is a beautiful, you know, goal to have and if you do nothing else, do that, Mm. you know, give yourself – the space to not do it perfectly and to get to the end of the day and go, I could have done better, but I'll try again tomorrow. And I think it's a really important bit. I don't know if you have anything.
0: No, I think, yeah, it's um, definitely the end of the day, but particularly because it's for new parents' podcasts, this one, like you get to restart the clock every four hours <laughs> <laughs> on getting better yeah. um, is what my only reflection is like. It's uh, it's not even every 24 hours you get a crack at it very frequently. Uh, and. At getting better to manage yourself,
1: you do, and just like this podcast, we'll um, will keep going and keep trying to get better <laughs> at it. And, um, yeah, and we really appreciate everything that got sent in this week. That's um, that's we're going to get back into some pretty uh, some pretty heavy stuff next time. I haven't told you the movie yet, but you know the topic. It's going to be a great one. Um, but really love how much everyone's supporting and journeying with us on this and reaching out to see how they can support and being so open and honest. So, thank you to everyone that sent in comments and questions.
0: Awesome. That's right. So, this, this concludes part two. This episode's driven by you guys asking questions. So, make sure you keep sending them through. Um, we appreciate everyone. And oh, why am I saying the same thing you said? Yeah, we appreciate it from everyone. Um, we'll be back with episode <laughs> 62 next week. Thanks, Dr. I stole Billy. It off you.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs>
0: you your will take it out on, on me.
2: I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. I don't want to see anybody else either.
0: Who is your daddy, and what does he
1: do? Just use your best judgment, we trust you.